tell you, this is really cool this morning having people here together. Like, this is really neat. And I, some of you are making faces at me. I know it. Behind those masks. <laughs> it's great. Okay, let's get into our message this morning because I think this series is a really, really important series during this COVID time. Um, the idea of stop the world and want to get off comes from the frustration of all the negative voices coming at us. And we don't know what to do with it sometimes. And it feels overwhelming. Uh, it was really bad when we were quarantined and all the businesses were shut down. Um, I don't want to hear from anybody saying, hey, it was all a conspiracy. I, I, I want those people just to be quiet. You're not helping anyone. Anyone that's adding negative voices to this right now is unhelpful. I think we need to move forward with a healthy, hope-filled perspective. Find ways to be positive about it. And some stuff will come out later. We're going to find out what was true and what wasn't true, maybe. But for now, let's focus on what we can know, and that, that's this. Jesus loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And today's message is going to be every, everyone is loved. God loves everyone. I am shocked at the people that don't believe that. But we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, but again, this, this whole series is for your soul. So what I've done, uh, I started off talking about the negative voices that were coming here. And then uh, I also want to encourage you to go online on the YouTube channel, on my Facebook page. I did a couple interviews in the last two weeks. One with Paul Young, um, which was really, really good. Uh, it's called Finding Hope and Giving Hope in Times of Crisis, Parts 1 and 2. So Part 1 was with Paul Young. Part 2 was with Brad Jerzak. So uh, go back and watch that. That was aired on Wednesday. And this coming Wednesday, I'll be uh, Zooming in with uh, a David Hayward, the naked pastor from uh, Eastern Canada. He does all the cartoons that I've been showing. I'm going to show two of his cartoons today. Um, but that's what I'm going to be interviewing on how do we handle moving ahead, finding hope, and giving hope. So, so far in the series, the recipe for your soul, because our souls need to... Um, Rest. We, we don't realize that if we just let all the voices come at us, it's going to affect our physical bodies too. It really will. So we talked about being still, and that was uh, really important. Then what's the benefit, benefit that we can learn from Jesus going off to pray? Then we did a whole message on not being afraid. And that was a big eye-opener because sometimes I can get afraid worrying about the future. I don't know about you, but I sure can. Uh, learning to rest. What does it mean to rest? And last week we talked about beloved. And so today we're going to talk about part two of that, uh, of beloved, because I want to talk about everybody is loved. And I kind of, I kind of been kind of waiting for this one, because this is, this is an eye-opener. And if you've been in church for any length of time, um, yeah, I'll get to that message in a minute, but it's going to be really good. I hope so anyway. Uh, and then next week we're going to end with Nebuchadnezzar's dream of hope. That might be a, a two-weeker, I don't know. Um, but I want to show you some hope about uh, where this world is going. Because I know the negative voices in our world are saying, hey, uh, there's some religious people, well-meaning. I, I believe what, they, what they're saying now. I used to teach that and believe that. But I see, I've, I've come to see something better. And that the world is not coming to an end the way these naysayers and doom and gloom folks are saying. I think we need to find a better hope. And this story is a great foundation for that. All right. In this series so far, we've talked about being loved. What does it mean to be loved and believing that? To know that God is love. We're going to cover that today. Uh, love is the theme of the scriptures. If you look for that theme, you'll see it. Uh, God loves everyone unconditionally. That's going to be today's primary topic. I think you'll like it. 
And then uh, you are God's beloved, now act like you're loved. Uh, the book, The Shack, uh, the phrase live, learn to live loved um, is a big deal. It's a really important quote in the book. And if we know we're loved, and after today, if we see everyone is loved, then we can see ourselves as loved and others as loved, even those we disagree with and have fights with and banter about conspiracy theories and banter about theology, banter about you name it. So when we start with love, those conversations can be much healthier. And so that's, that's why we're doing this series. All right. We ended last week with 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. Um, I think this is a powerful, powerful text. And uh, we end up with joy. Uh, love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Uh, it, for it never stops believing the best in others and never takes failure as defeat and never gives up. I want to take a look at this here. For it never stops believing the best for others. This is a lesson for today. With all the stuff going on, with all the, even, even with bosses at work that are putting on the, all these rules of what we have to do, we can go, oh, you're taking this too far. But you as an individual, where you are right now, God in front of you, in you, through you, seeing and believing the best in the others, even those that are in positions that, and saying things we don't necessarily like. I think that's a, a good one to take to heart. Until there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. And if we, need, we need to learn what love is. So anyway, this next slide, um, oops, it's not working. We're going to get it going in just a second. It's intermittent. We'll figure this clicker out. There we go. God loves what? Can anybody see that? Everyone. And then David Hayward writes, some people just can't connect the dots. <laughs> Ever played dot to dot as a kid? You know, where you're doing the, suddenly a picture comes out. The idea that God loves everyone, while it is true, not everybody can see it. This next picture, he just drew this like a week or two ago. And uh, there's a sign on a church that says, yes, God loves everyone, but. And here comes Jesus spray painting out the but. Because in religious circles, we have conditions. We say, God loves you, but you must change. God loves you, but you need to say a prayer in order to make it into heaven. And all these buts. And uh, that's what steel-toed boots are for. <laughs> to and get rid of the butt. But uh, this was a pretty big one. And some people won't like this because there's this mindset that there are others that are more acceptable and loved, easy to love, and there are those who have a lot of changing to do before we love them. That's not scripture. What Jesus is doing there in that cartoon, he's putting it back. He's restoring justice, putting back what needs to be that God does love everyone. And that's a big deal. All right, let's get into the text. Today I want to tell you a story. So the kids are here. I gotta, if you can hear and draw, you're welcome to. But uh, this story is one of the most powerful stories uh, of a stubborn religious person on the journey of growth, discovering and God giving them a revelation of his love for everyone. So the story begins in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius. Cornelius is a pretty big wig. He's known for uh, uh, taking care of the poor. He's a good man, um, prays a lot. He was not a believer, 
but he had a, he had a resume of doing really, really good things. And he has a dream, and in that dream, he's told, go find Peter, and Peter will bring or tell you something. That's a weird way to do it. Sometimes I thought the dream would have come to Peter, say, hey, go see that Cornelius guy. But that's not what happened. Cornelius gets the vision, and so Cornelius sends some people uh, to go get Peter. Well, then Peter has a vision, and I'm going to read some of the verses. You'll see the verses as we go. But Peter has this vision of this blanket coming down from heaven. And remember, he's a Jew, and Jews have really strict rules. First of all, who you can hang out with, what you can eat, where you can walk on certain days, all these really, really strict rules. And this dream had this blanket of food. And by the way, he's really hungry before he has this vision. They're making lunch downstairs. So he goes up on a flat roof. They're making, this, uh, they're making food downstairs. So I don't know if he's dreaming and he smells the food. <laughs> we just don't know. But either way, he has this dream. And God puts this blanket down of all these unclean meats, pig and whatever, all kinds of stuff that Jews are not supposed to eat. Okay, that's the dream, and God talks to him about it. So then, as soon as the vision's done, Peter's kind of confused. What? What was that? And, uh, and then he, uh, right after that, that, huh, what is this? God tells Peter, hey, I have some men coming for you. Go with them. So God gives the dream to Cornelius, gives a dream to Peter, and gives Peter the heads up that these guys are all coming. Wouldn't you like a really awesome setup like that? Wouldn't you like God to work in your life for, the, for, for your future of having all these things preset? And I, I think it'd be pretty cool. So the men come and explain Cornelius' vision to Peter. And Peter says, fine, let's go. So he goes with him the next day. So Peter goes to meet Cornelius. As soon as he arrives at Cornelius' house, Cornelius bows down to worship Peter. And Peter says, what? Stop. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm just like you. I'm a normal person. I'm a normal person. Don't, don't elevate me to some weird level. I remember sometimes I, I'm in, uh, out in public or at a funeral home, and people ask me, how do I address you as Reverend Michael Zenker? It's like, oh, no, don't call me names. Y yes, I have the title, but just call me Mike. And it drops the, um, uh, the barrier that can be there, because sometimes people see religious people, or especially ministers, as uh, on a pedestal, and I hate that. Even being up on the stage is weird. I wish I was lower, but I have to get used to it, because this is the facility. But Peter's saying, hey, don't worship me. And then... Peter shares a revelation. It's that revelation I want you to catch today. It's this revelation that will reveal to you that God loves everyone, including all those that you think God didn't quite love or that the church doesn't really like even. And we know well enough in this culture uh, people that the church typically doesn't like, religious churches. More and more churches are waking up. The body of Christ is waking up. They're starting to see the inclusion of God's love for all humanity more and more and more. So it's, it's coming. Thank goodness we're on that great path. So let's look at this. In Acts chapter 10, at the time there was a Roman military officer, Cornelius, who was in charge of 100 men stationed at Caesarea. He was the captain of the Italian regiment, a devout man of extraordinary character who worshipped God and prayed regularly. Together with all... Sorry, 
Uh, Together with all his family, he also had a heart for the poor and gave generously to help them. That, that's a big deal. This, so this is a guy who's not even a Christian. He's not even a believer. And he's known for all this great stuff. Then it goes on. One afternoon, three o'clock, he had an open vision and saw an angel of God appear right in front of him, calling out his name, Cornelius! Startled, he was overcome with fear by the sight of the angel and asked, what do you want, Lord? Who else do we know that was afraid of an angel suddenly showing up? I think we got some Christmas stories of angels showing up and freaking out people. So here's another story of an angel freaking out somebody and he's afraid. All right? What do you want, Lord? And the angel said, All of your prayers and your generosity to the poor have ascended before God as an eternal offering. Can you believe that? Here is a non-Christian... A non-believer, but he kind of believed in God. He didn't know Jesus. And God heard his prayers, saw his works, and it came as a fragrant offering to God. An unbeliever. Some people say, well, only Christians can please God. That's not true at all. Christians is just an identity that says, hey, I'm one with Jesus, and he's one with me, and I see it now. Okay? It's a waking up. So this, this is a really big deal. So then he goes on. Uh, so that, that's the, uh, oops, hang on, next slide. All right, the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were tearing down the town, and now we're over to Peter. So this is, this is the dream where, I, I didn't read you the stuff of what the angel told Cornelius, okay, because you can read that yourself. But now we come to the next portion, part two. Now it's Peter's turn. What happens with Peter? So the, uh, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. See, told you. And while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open up, and something like large, a large sheet was let down by the four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, birds. And then a voice said to him, Peter, get up, kill, and eat them. No, Lord. How would you like to say no to the Lord? If God showed up and says, I want you to go there, no. Kids do that to their parents. Kids do that to their grandparents. No, not gone. Right? Anybody do that here? Any parents? No kids? Owen, you don't do that at all. Not at all. Oh, look at your sister. She also says she never does that. <clears throat> okay. All right. So he tells the Lord, no, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared as impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Let that be a hint. The same vision was repeated three times. What's with Peter and threes? I just caught that. How many times did he deny Jesus? Three times. How many times did Jesus say, I love you? Three. And here, okay, he's a bit slow, all right? Anybody else here a little bit slow? How many of us need the extra nudge sometimes? I know sometimes my wife will give me advice about something, uh, or I'm wearing something out of the house. Is you wearing that to work? Well, what she really means is you shouldn't wear that. But she, she's not going to say that. Are you going to wear that? Uh, just tell me. To ch- anyway, I might be stubborn for the first couple minutes, and then boom, realize, no, she's right, and I quickly go and change. So a bit slow. Peter's like this. God had to show him three times this dream. 
And I wonder if he said three times no. He doesn't tell us that. But I wonder if he did, because why would God keep repeating the dream? I don't know. Just an idea. We're speculating here, but it's still fun. But the voice said, don't call something unclean that I've called clean. Then the sheet suddenly went up to heaven. Now we come to the other part of the story. So Peter now goes with the men, goes to meet Cornelius. He's introduced, and here's what, here is the big reveal, all right? This is right from Scripture. When I saw this 10 years ago, it blew my mind. I never saw this before. So here's Peter saying, you all know, so he must have been from Georgia or something, y'all know that it's against Jewish laws for me to associate or, or even visit in the home of one who is not a Jew. Yet God has shown me that I should never view anyone as inferior or ritually unclean. Young's literal translation says, But to me God did show to call no man on, uh, common or unclean. And common, uh, the, the, word, the word common? Okay, what, is, what does holy mean? Holy means set apart. So we're to see all is holy. It's a very, very powerful text. In the New American Standard Bible, it says, And yet God has shown, shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. But God has shown, and then Young's literal, it says the same thing, um, that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. How many people do we judge as unclean, dirty, filthy sinners? Careful how you answer that to yourself. We do it a lot. I have. And I'm seeing more and more people that the church has regarded as dirty sinners who have to clean up first before coming because they've prejudged them. And Jesus is saying to Peter, the guy who, by the way, he got in trouble from, from well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but he got in trouble from Paul because of his hypocrisy. I'm going to cover that in just a minute. This part here, please, please, please meditate on. We're not to call anyone unholy or unclean. Why? If they're clean then, guess who cleaned them? Jesus cleaned everyone. Everyone is forgiven. Everyone is holy. Even those that don't act holy. Do you ever act unholy? I do. <laughs> there are times I don't act like who I really am. That doesn't make me unholy. It just makes my behavior not representative of who I really am. So please, let's begin to be aware of how quickly we judge people. People of other faith. People that don't believe like we do. You see, there's only one religion in the world, and you just happen, the right one, right one. You happen to be in that group, right? <laughs> As if. What about somebody who who lives a life that is not moral, in moral standing as you would believe. Don't see them as unholy and unclean. People who love others differently. We have those who are gay, transgender, LGBTQ, LGBTQ and two-spirit two and whatever the other extra letters that can go on. Holy. Clean. Loved, purely, deeply, passionately loved by Jesus. And if that's Christ's standard, and again, this is to a man who is really religious. <laughs> Next slide, watch this. 
Verse 10, or verse 28. Then Peter replied after he had more of a conversation, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. But I've been in this church for 45 years. I signed the declaration of when it started. I've been a science school teacher, board member, and I have paid a lot of money to this church. Believe me, I'm more holy than you. Well, that's terrible. And there are people who really do think like that. There really is. But that is becoming less and less. There is no favoritism. We are all equal. I'm equal with you. You're equal with me. Wherever we go, somebody walks in here that's not quite like us, we're equal. Somebody from another country, another nationality, another skin color, we're equal, created in the image of God. There is no difference. We all bleed red. And Peter, having opened his mouth, said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And then another translation says, now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism with people, but treats everyone on the same basis. And do you know how God treats everyone on the same basis? I'll give you one word. Included. Everyone is included in the love of God. Every single person. And that's what we as a church must show. We can talk about it. That's nice. But we need to show it. I love it. Remember, this is Peter. Look at Peter's story. He was still growing when he denied Jesus three times. He was, he was trying to figure this out. And he, he messed up, and yet God came to him. He was very judgmental. I was you know, pointing out stuff, and he got in trouble with Peter on that. He played into how people viewed him. He, he was afraid of how he was perceived. He was hanging out with, in a forbidden home. This is where the dream happened. Did you know what a tanner is, Simon the Tanner? Do you know what a tanner does? Skins animals. Shh. Well, Jews aren't allowed to touch or be near anything dead. It's unclean. And yet he's staying in the home of a skinner. Like, come on. Just, just think of the hypocrisy for a minute. He thought he was free and trying to live up more and more free. But God exploded his vision to a much wider perspective of freedom. It took a vivid dream to reveal something to him three times. Please, 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 don't help out the Holy Spirit. Don't help out the Holy Spirit by making sure somebody else gets a certain truth that you think they should get. It may not be helpful. Let God do the work of revealing. God's big enough to get your attention and the other person's attention that's being really stubborn or judgmental. Just pray for them. He finally shared his revelation freely and showed, and Jesus showed him great love and mercy uh, even after the cross. Even after the cross, Jesus came after Peter, made sure he told him three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? You know, a powerful image of restoration. So who do you judge? This is something we must be cautious of. Who do we judge? All right. Romans 5.8 and Romans 5.10. But God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 5.10, it says, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. The reason I'm showing you these two verses, this is about God loving everybody. This has all happened before we said the prayer, Jesus, please come into my heart. 
All right? This all happened before we repented to God. I'm so sorry. This, is, this happened well before we even knew there was something wrong and God loved us. How many others do we do that to? Do we judge and say, hey, you need to change. Your lifestyle is terrible. The Bible says that's wrong. Oh, at least it does to you. And yet we judge. And here it's, this is saying God loves everyone. He loved the world and demonstrated that while we were still blind, while we're still enemies, God did all this because he loved us. This, if you've only heard that God only likes and loves certain people most of your life, this is going to take some time to repeat and repeat and repeat and get in. It'll push the wrong stuff out. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy, became of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with him, but with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. When were we made alive? I thought I was made alive when I said the prayer. How many have believed that I sure did? I believed that when I said the prayer, then I became alive. Or even worse, what I really thought was, when I die, then I'll be made alive with Christ. That's pretty crazy, but that's kind of what I believed. And here I'm reading something totally different. It's while we were dead in our blindness, then he made us alive. How many more people out there are blind and unaware of the love of God that the reconciliation has happened? They've already been made alive, they just don't know it. This is going to drive some believers crazy because it, it's going to cause more questions. I'm not asking for those questions. I'm just showing you what I see clearly in Scripture. And when you start to piece it together, you go, oh my goodness, what a beautiful piece of art. If we could become loving people, watch everything change all around us. John 13, 24 says, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love each other. Do you ever question that you're loved? You're loved. He tells you that plainly. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Do you think God loves the Son? Do you think the Trinity loves each other? Do you think the Holy Spirit loves the Father and the Son and vice versa? Yes. In the same way, that same unconditional love, you are loved. Non-negotiable. No matter what you do, no matter what your behavior is, not even with what you believe has an effect on God's love for you. That's a big deal. In John 3.16, for this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. Let me say that again. This is how much God loved believers who say the prayer. That's <laughs> not what it says. It says this is how much God loved the world. Everyone. The cosmos. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. But God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and to rescue it. Why did Jesus come? Not to condemn. Do you hear condemning voices from religious people? I do. That ain't Jesus. Jesus came not to condemn. So if you hear condemning voices from any religious group, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit or God. That is the flesh. That's ego. That's a system. That's not truth. Just read this. It'll make it clear. And even in Romans, there's no condemnation for anyone who's in Christ. And we're all in Christ because there is no other place. <laughs> it doesn't exist. 
There's no place that Christ isn't. All right, we're going to have to finish this next week. Darn. That's all right. Sorry, Gary, there's a ton more slides, and you, you can see them, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to get you to slip me to the very last one if you're able to. Um, but I, I hope today you heard from the story of Peter on how he was, a, he was on a good journey of growing in Christ. But he has a lot of struggles, a lot of lessons to learn, and I, I don't think he was done. I think he had many more lessons to learn. He kept growing and maturing. I think Paul did too. And we can read the scriptures that way. Like there, there are some things that seem to conflict, but maybe he was growing. Maybe he had a better, more helpful revelation later because God was showing him more. There's no way Paul could have gotten all of the revelation of God at once. There's no way Peter could have gotten the complete revelation of God all at once. So why is it that we feel we have to have answers for everything? Are you okay with leaving things to some mystery? To let God teach you more about himself as you are going. Owen, how old are you? 12? Okay, 12? Nod your head because I can't see your face or anything because the mask, you know? 12. Okay, good. He's 12. Do you, you've, you've grown to know who God is in a really cool way. You have so much farther to go. Your parents have so much farther to go. None of us have arrived. So if you have much to go, don't be in a rush. Let God grow you. Mom and dad, same way. Whatever revelation you have, let God grow you gently. You're going to learn these cool life lessons. If it makes you a more loving person, that, I believe, is evidence that that message is from God. That's really, really big. I, I hope you chew through this one. I've had to, to wrestle with this story many, many times. When I first heard it, I went, what? Wait a minute. But then, does that mean what? And I remember the people who I was talking to in a room. We were in a hotel room. And, no way. And we looked up words. We dug in deep into the story of Peter and, and, and this vision of what he said about unclean and unholy. Look, do a word study on those two words. And we're not to see anyone like that? Oh, boy. One of two things are going to happen. You're going to realize how much you have been judging people. And you're going to start to see people as who and how God sees them. I think that is what Hope Fellowship is all about. That's where I hope we become better messengers of God's love in the communities that we live. Love it. All right. Next week, it's not going to be Nebuchadnezzar. Ha! Tricked you. We're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about God is love next week. Um, is love, is essence. And we're going to wrap up that part. And then we're going to deal, deal with Nebuchadnezzar on the long weekend. So... That's kind of where we're going to be. Um, next slide would be reminders. Oh, yeah. Don't forget your online donations. Um, and then no Zoom chat after church today. And if you've not done the survey, please do the survey. Let's quickly bow in her word of prayer, and then we'll close. Heavenly Father, please be gentle with us as you were with Peter, giving him multiple, multiple chances to, to get it through his thick skull that you are for people, that you are not separating people, that you're not about us versus them, but you are about inclusion, that we are included in the love of Christ. All of us are. Huh. Oh, make that true in each of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, those who uh, did tune in. Thank you for those who came in person to do our test run. Uh, it seemed to go well. We finally fixed a bunch of glitches. It's been a 
a learning journey. We're going to take notes. And we'll keep you informed when we look at the next steps of when we can have another public service or have a, our first public service. This is just a closed group today. Thanks again. Thanks for watching online. Have a great day.